0: Relevance
1: podcast, anytime, anywhere. Sound of rain is a backdrop playing there, like she's waiting for somebody to say they care. While the tears of God fall down a window pane, she feels unholy, like the father doesn't know her name. Mary Magdalene, the woman at the well, he knew everything that
2: happened, and in his arms she fell.
3: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the May 18th, 2007 edition of The Relevant Podcast, the audio companion to Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com. I'm Cameron Strang, and here with me is the illustrious editorial crew, editorial director Kara Davis. Hello. Managing editor Adam Smith. Hi, guys. And web content producer Jesse Carey. Hello, friends.
1: <laughs> You've been and the loved yeah. ones. <laughs> yeah.
3: We are back after a well-deserved break, a, a long hiatus. We hope that you missed us. It's been one week. one Well, two weeks, technically. Mm-hmm. Last week, we, there was no relevant podcast, in case you were searching your iTunes directory frantically for it. You did not miss it. There was not one. Although it was interesting, even though we announced it, in the last podcast that we'd be skipping a week, there's an entire thread on the message yeah. words of people freaking out at
4: us. And they're indignant. Very indignant. Where's, how where's dare the podcast? We? Yeah. That makes me question how carefully they're listening to the podcast <laughs> in the I first know. place. That
1: means
3: they're skipping around. Yeah. yeah,
4: This isn't meant for skipping around. It's like a prog rock album. you got to go straight through.
2: So these people didn't know that we were skipping a week.
4: Right. Okay. And
3: they were very indignant that we had the audacity of posting it late, and then <laughs> subsequent posts were... Where, where is it? Oh, there is no podcast. And then, you know, people are like, right. did you not listen to the podcast? Yeah, yeah. The, the reason why we didn't have a podcast last week is because uh, Cornerstone, Florida, was in town. And we had something like
1: 312 bands come through. Was, a, it was it was somewhere around that number. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's
4: a, a kind of rounding
1: off. I, I think we'll give or take like three hundred five there, but it's somewhere in that. <laughs> well, vicinity. we're
4: rounding up yeah. to the next decimal. I'm, point. I'm using evangelistic numbers.
1: Oh, yeah. wow. I'm, I'm like a pastor.
3: Wow! Yeah. Wow! Wow! I'm like a pastor describing the Sunday morning congregation. <laughs> We had 312. Well, actually, we had seven. <laughs> we had seven bands come through. And, uh, you know, so all the audio equipment, it was it was all being used. So no podcast. I also was out of town. So it made life easier on me not having to worry about doing that when I got back. So
4: Yeah. Now, we we did put on a rogue podcast while you were gone. Interesting.
3: Just but
2: for the staffers,
3: not using mics, just having you call yeah, it staff just, meeting. Yeah, we sat just, at
1: a table
4: and round. talked with yeah, each other. It was actually just a conversation. It's called yeah. lunch. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we
2: well,
4: actually had one every day. I, well, the thing is, <laughs> it was far more structured than lunch usually is. You know, mm. only one of us could talk at a time, and. Yeah, you know, we all had to bring slices. So
3: And you had a band play for you yeah. every lunch. It
4: actually turned out not to be very fun.
3: <laughs> because really, who wants Dustin Kinsho hanging around while you're trying to eat lunch? <laughs> it's like really it's like the mariachi bands at the Mexican restaurants. Yeah. Can yeah. you tone it down? Yeah
4: do I have to tip them now? You, you do. If you make eye contact with Dustin,
3: you
1: have to tip them. <laughs>
2: That's the rule.
1: I,
3: that makes me so uncomfortable. See, is there when no
1: you, cultural equivalence for a mariachi band? You know, like, what do we have, Emo, in this Blue country? That, I, but That wander traveling. around restaurants. Yeah, that walk around restaurants looking for tips. Well, uh, some of the nicer Italian restaurants,
3: you got your violinists and stuff. Well,
2: but again, that's Italian. Grill, I'm talking the,
3: American. Uh, American.
2: The waiters sing at Macaroni Grill. That's true.
1: Or TGI that's like Fridays. That's they'll the sing Happy Birthday. But, yeah, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> what we have. yeah, but you're
4: not expected to tip all of them. All right.
3: Entertainment releases, uh, movies coming out in theaters tonight. We actually just have one, and it's a big one. Shrek the Third, starring everybody who's in Shrek the Other
4: Ones. (laughs) Plus, Justin Timberlake.
3: Oh, that's right. Before we do the uh, CD releases of stuff coming out on Tuesday, I actually wanted to read one of the reader letters that we've gotten with gifts. A new tradition has started, and I absolutely adore it. Mm -hmm. People sending in foodstuffs. What, this one might be, might have traveled the farthest. I mean, we had one from Finland, and I have another one from a faraway land today. But this one comes from Saipan. The letter is from Bobby Peterson, and she says, uh, Greetings from the almost unknown U.S. Commonwealth of Saipan. I wanted to send you my appreciation gift for keeping me in touch with the outside world. I enjoy these local favorite snacks while you work hard. She put hard in quotes.
4: Whoa, oh, what oh, that Oh, come on, come on.
3: you so, going to take a run at us? She says, the mangoes are my favorite. Hi-chew are like starbursts that are extra chewy. Mm-hmm. Cracker nuts are peanuts, only better. It's from Bobby Peterson, and apparently, P.S., Aaron says hi. So, anyway, here are the snacks. <laughs> yeah, there's
4: something that is the equivalent of koala yummies.
2: Wow, these are a lot of snacks. Yeah,
3: she sent these, a huge box full of stuff. These dudes here, the
4: puka. They are the equivalent of koala yummies, which I'm not sure if you remember, <laughs> but they were some of the most delicious treats ever. The, the puka, also very delicious. She spent almost $30 sending this to us. Thank Aww. you, Bobby. That's Bobby, really nice. We
3: really do appreciate that. That's really nice of you. She's All the way
4: from Saipan. A Saipan, this huge I, box costs 10 bucks to mail. I, I don't know if I could locate Saipan on a map, and I, I consider myself fairly well-versed in geography. When she says almost unknown, she's not kidding because I have no idea where that might be. So she sent dried mangoes. She sent cracker nuts. She
3: sent some candies. She sent stuff that is in foreign languages. These are quality snacks. So thank you very much to Bobby and Aaron Peterson. That is incredibly nice. And we have more snacks coming up because I know you guys are all waiting with uh, bated breath to know what food we
4: have. Um, Imagine it as you sit at home. I, I like to think possibly in a dorm room with bare walls w- down to your uh, your last pack of Easy Mac. Imagine the plethora of food that we have sitting here on the table before us. <laughs>
3: we have a virtual horn of plenty with <laughs> full of cracker nuts and dried mangoes right now. Albums coming out both last Tuesday and next Tuesday, the 15th and 22nd, because we missed last week. Last week we had Wilco with Sky Blue Sky.
5: Roof-
4: Amazing album by the way you're a wilco fan i well honestly wilco's other albums have been very kind of conceptual all the songs kind of bleed into the next song they'll have these songs are like 20 minutes long this one is the first album that i've heard where every song stands by itself Hmm. every song could be a single you know it it is spectacularly good and the longest song on there i think doesn't even hit 10 minutes
3: <laughs> Rufus Wayne writes coming out with release, or came out with release The Stars. Flatfoot 56 released Jungle of the Midwest
4: Sea. And Mogwai with Zidane, a 21st century portrait. Albums coming out this. It, I'm sorry, is it really about Zenadine Zidane?
3: It's Zidane, a 21st century por- portrait, so probably. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. Uh, Um coming out this next Tuesday. We have Erasure with Light at the End of the World. Stars with Do You You Trust Your Friends. The Bravery with The Sun and the Moon. The Used with Lies for the Liars. I like that one. Ben and Vesper with All This Could Kill You. It's a good album. The Fold with Secrets Keep You Sick. Everyday Sunday with Wake Up, Wake Up. And Hillsong United with All the Above.
4: on. They're coming out with all those albums you talked about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah,
3: nice. <laughs> Kevin Eubanks. Kevin Eubanks, everybody. <laughs> all right. Um, so that's your entertainment releases. Up next, Slices.
0: We got the job of dreams. <laughs> photos for magazine.
3: You're listening to Fountains of Wayne. The song is Someone to Love. Currently playing right now over at Relevant TV. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Mr. J. Medeiros with Constance. Also playing right now over at Relevant TV. www.relevant.tv. And if you don't know how to spell relevant, it's R E L E V A N T. We get the. Relevant. Yeah, I wonder because sometimes.
4: Yeah, I wonder sometimes how people get to our website because I've seen people post comments on stories where they spell relevant r e l e v e n t. like, I, how I, did you get to the website in the first place?
3: Well, n- some people might have it bookmarked. You know, they spelled it right once, but they don't, <sighs> don't just spell it anymore. But or Google
2: we, corrected them. Yeah, gave them the option.
3: We did actually mean, get a lot of reports of like where people come from to come to our website. And you'll get, like, not only do they come from Google, but they came from this specific Google search. And a lot of the Google searches that you see are misspelled versions of relevant. Mm-hmm. They probably tried to type it in as a URL, misspelled it, so they went to Google, typed it in their misspelled way, but Google gave them our correct URL as an option.
4: And they decide not to take Google's advice in future spellings of it.
2: <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs>
4: and so they can you're so
2: dumb spell check
4: (laughs) (laughs) not to mention the enormous banner that dominates the top part of the page
3: so here now here now coming at you with slices is Kara Davis coming at you
2: well everyone heard that Jerry Falwell passed away this week and uh, I read an editorial today at WashingtonPost.com kind of just encapsulating Falwell's not so much his career but how he's how he's represented among evangelicals. His legacy? Sure. Well, it, it's more talking about the group of, of evangelicals and how they're perceived in the mainstream. And, and the fact that for Falwell, especially when he, you know, in his own heyday, evangelical wasn't even a word that he would use. He was a fundamentalist. And um, just kind of how the movement has changed and evangelicals have become more mainstream. And in fact, Time Magazine's cover story last year had the 25 most influential evangelicals. And like Jerry Falwell wasn't on the list, nor Pat Robertson or Bob Jones, people that, you know, have been had such you know presence in the media. But um, who's know, on it now? Well, you know, people like Rick Warren, they're like the new face of evangelicals.
3: And Joel Osteen, people like that. Right. People with podcasts.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, this editorial was just noting like some, you know, great figures die at the prime of their movement, like Martin Luther King Jr., Mahatma Gandhi. uh, But then others like Mikhail Gorbachev live on for years after the movement has changed into something completely different. Hmm. And they're saying that'll be the, the case with Falwell.
3: Interesting. So they're saying I mean no disrespect they they're implying that he's a dinosaur, oh yeah of an era gone by
2: yeah this um, this guy who's a professor professor of religious studies at Missouri State University said evangelicals will think of him as part of the family an elder relative who they might not agree with who died
3: hmm it's been interesting to see not just the media coverage I mean obviously you can't expect how the media is going to cover him, but even in the Christian circles and message boards and stuff just seeing the reaction. There's a uh, very d- different views on his legacy and his impact. I mean, everybody's sad about his death. I mean, you never want to see anybody pass who uh, genuinely has spent his life serving God. But uh, you know, the things he said and the things he'll be remembered for, people definitely disagree on, yeah. it, on it. It's yeah. just it's been interesting to see the the, the reaction.
2: Well, I guess Rick Warren you know, issued a, a statement about his death, and he just really chose to focus on like some of the really positive things mm-hmm. that, that he had done.
1: And I think with, with a guy like him, obviously some of the high-profile stuff that people remember are the controversial things, but everyone, I mean, I've heard so many people talk about his character as a person mm-hmm. and their individual one-on-one reaction with him, even Liberty students. Um, We've had three Liberty students work here, and Jerry Falwell
3: was loved. I mean, loved by the students. I, I,
1: I heard stories of them, you know, students being out to eat at a restaurant, and he's there with a couple people, and, you know, he gets off, he goes and leaves, and when the, when the students go to pay their check, the, wait, the waitress goes, no, you know, the, those guys sitting over there already paid for you. Wow. You know, just lots of little stories about his he's, individual character. Yeah.
4: Well, you know, even Al Sharpton, his statement he made was, he said, you know, we disagreed on a political level, entirely he said, but we had a very cordial, very friendly relationship. You know, on a personal level,
1: it was interesting because one of the most high-profile things that uh, happened in Jerry Falwell's life was, you know, he had this whole court case with Hustler magazine publisher Larry Flint. Over some vicious things that were published in the magazine, and over free speech, I actually I found this quote that uh, they because they asked Larry Flint about it because they were you know bitter enemies and he even says that at one point for 15 years the two were arch enemies. He said Larry Flint said I hated everything he stood for, but after meeting him in person years after the trial, Jerry Falwell and I became good friends. He would visit me in California when we we would debate together on college campuses. I would always appreciate his sincerity. Even though I knew what he was selling, and he knew what I was selling, <laughs> that's great. I mean, wow. I mean, I think even when when maybe your worst enemy in the world has good things to say about you, yeah. I think that speaks highly. That's,
4: that's because they were nemesis, arch <laughs> <laughs> enemies. They were nemesis. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's
4: a very different thing, according to Chuck Klosterman. Mm-hmm. So on a
2: no, you're not allowed to. On crunch. a cheerier
4: no. note, no crunchies um a it's
1: nutrition they're
2: taunting us who can't eat it
1: <laughs> i saw them spilled across the table i didn't like a it's like a harvest meal <laughs> at thanksgiving snacks? just let me know when a ones, horn of plenty <laughs> <whenever> <laughs> it was, a, yeah it's like someone just <laughs> dumped will. a horn of plenty right here among us
2: sounds like a deer of some sort like a species of deer
1: <laughs> a horn of plenty a mythical. That deer right there is at the Horn of Plenty. Bro. Yeah, it's like... Does he
4: live in Narnia? That's a ten-point <laughs> ten Horn of Plenty. <laughs> he wears pants. Uh, <laughs> you would feel bad hunting a deer like that. Yeah. It seems like if an animal wears pants, it takes it out of the category that you can hunt it. Yeah. Anyway, so there's a, a nutrition advocacy group is uh, suing Burger King because the uh, thus far the restaurant is one of the only fast food restaurants that has no immediate plans to eliminate trans fat. from its it. Menu. Keeping it real. I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Wendy's has uh, gotten rid of it. Yum Brands, which owns KFC and Taco Bell. Starbucks has gotten rid of it. McDonald's. All of them have either already made the switch or they're saying that they're <laughs> going to. And so this uh, group called the Center for Science in the Public Interest said that Burger King is the only leading restaurant chain that hasn't committed to do this and so they're suing them for it. I think it's important to remember though that the Burger Kingdom is a sovereign nation and that our laws don't apply to them.
1: I'd like to think that, you know, there's all these protesters and people that are at the president's office at Burger King and be like, We really should do something about the trans fat. Everyone else is doing it. Can we can we please?
4: And he's just like Nah. <laughs> he just like grabs then, a bunch of
1: onion rings. It's
4: <laughs> the and then king he, from the yeah. yeah, he sends a king out with a fire hose. <laughs> yeah.
2: But yeah. it's not like the other fast food places are any more healthy. Yeah, they're not yeah. healthy
3: still, you know. <laughs> that's that's the what's so bizarre about this is like this is a free country. They are a they are a business offering something that people want to buy. Consumers have the right to not purchase exactly. their food. Yeah. It's not like a government-mandated order. You have to eat Burger King fries, and therefore they <laughs> should meet some sort of you know health criteria. If you don't want to eat their trans fat, don't eat their yeah. And yeah, guess I, what? You vote with your dollar, they're going to change their policy eventually. Yeah,
4: I don't understand the legal precedent for suing a...
3: I mean, that's seriously like somebody's suing us because we choose to print more pictures in our magazine than somebody or, else. Or,
1: hey, you made my car too fast. I know I could have bought a slower one, but my Porsche goes dangerously fast. It's like, oh, well, you bought a Porsche, you know?
4: So <laughs> and, and you have to expect you're going to get an accident if you keep driving it wearing that king mask. You <laughs> can't see out of that thing in China,
1: there have been complaints. There have been hundreds of complaints to the government. You know, in in China, the the government has strict control over a lot of things. And there is an anti-pornography watchdog group that says that they're going to petition that the government formally label the Bible indecent because of of violent content and stories of incest and sex.
3: Song of Solomon.
1: Yeah, and so they said that if, if the government does this, it it will be illegal to buy a Bible if you're under the age of 18. And when you if you do purchase a Bible and you're over the age of 18, then it'll come in specially wrapped, you know, packages, I guess, and sealed
4: up with a big warning on it. The Bible too hot for TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: they're, Bible
4: they're gonna uncut. There are yeah. going to be a lot of very disappointed teenagers.
0: <laughs> all I can yeah. say. Yeah,
1: guys are yeah. like Wait sneaking a in Second, dude, check it out, man. I got a Bible <laughs> behind, the,
3: behind the gym, reading it yeah. the, <laughs> under, under the bleachers. <laughs>
4: yeah. Well, on the one hand, my life has been changed by Christ. <laughs> on the other hand, this I was kind grounded. of not what I expected. <laughs>
3: Um, did, did you guys hear about the uh, the ninja arsonist who set fire at a yes. church?
4: <laughs> yes. Uh, I just g- saw the
1: headline, so please give me more details. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: apparently, they haven't found him. They're still looking for this arsonist who who went into a church just as a ninja and sliced a man's arm with the samurai sword. That's And, and then set fire to a pair of bungalows. Um, <laughs> <on> the- <laughs> where, <laughs> where was his church at bungalows? I, I believe it was what in...
4: Bungalow. in 17th century Japan. <laughs>
3: it's a lake, Lakeview Terrace, yeah. California. Um, Los Angeles Police and Firefighters went to All Nations Church uh, at 6.30 on Tuesday after a man dressed in army fatigue sorry, went inside and brought his Samurai down on a man playing the drums. So the man's just sitting there, and the worship service playing the drums. Wow. Oh
2: my word!
3: Um, the the sword sliced the man's arm when he tried to block the blow. Adding that he was transported to a hospital, treated, and
1: released. So he's okay. See, uh, see when when you first just read me the headline, I just pictured like a ninja in full like old school ninja garb, yeah. coming in, slashing, setting fire, running away. But and I was picturing him like coming back to his apartment and like logging on the computer and like. Ninjas sets fire to a church. You mean that wasn't the enemy dojo? Oh no! <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> oh,
4: I feel horrible. That wasn't Uh-oh. Cobra Kai. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, man. The, the best part is they say that he eluded police by shimmying into a drain pipe. <laughs> yes, which, pipe, and he got away. Which I think <laughs> definitely puts Don Miller on the short list for suspects here. <laughs> Because if you remember, he escaped us by shimmying through the, uh, oh, yeah. through oh, the yeah. ventilation.
3: Well, what does that say about the fitness level of the police officers? If the guy can get into a storm pipe and get away, and the police officers, what, they
4: couldn't fit in there? It, it just says that they're not ninjas. I mean, <laughs> <You> we couldn't <laughs> expect them to be.
1: <laughs> One you do police do depart- crane? Yeah. Now, I'm no law enforcement expert here, but I I was pretty sure part of the police academy was ninja training.
4: Am I wrong? <laughs> when did this change? Have you not seen the police academy movies? Oh, man.
1: So he's wearing army fatigues. Yeah. It, it always reminds That's me... Why do they say
2: ninja? Whenever, Just because of the sword?
1: Yeah, it was a ninja sword. And his ninja-like <laughs> moves. Whenever I hear about a lunatic... <laughs> this and, is
3: evasive procedures. <laughs>
1: yeah. But yeah, whenever I hear about some like militant lunatic in army fatigues, I think of Gary Busey's character in Black Sheep. Remember, he's living in the school bus in the woods. Like, maybe that was a Busey-like guy yeah. running in there with a sword. Maybe it was Gary Busey. Yeah,
2: it's yeah, LA. that's the thing. And he you was th- th- spotted in a church there.
4: <laughs> it's funny you say you think of Gary Busey's character. I just think of Gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: one and the same.
4: Ah. Militant with a samurai sword wearing fatigues. Yeah, that fits the description. Mm
2: -hmm. And he eluded the authorities because he's so fast.
4: (laughs) He's very fast. You don't want to corner him (laughs) (laughs) because. There's no he, kind of moves you're going to see. Yeah, and he can shimmy up a drain pipe like no one. else.
1: <laughs> 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 if anyone in Hollywood that can shimmy up a drain pipe, it's Busey. Yeah,
4: the people in the public eye who can do this, I can tell you, the only two that I know of are Busey and Donald Miller. <laughs>
1: well, this is this is one from Japan, and it's actually. It's on a more serious note, there is actually a low birth rate, um, and a lot of people. Officials in Japan think it's because of abortion. It's, it's so common. And so one hospital there has set up, it's called, a, it's a baby drop box. And it wow. is a, at the hospital, you can go and there, there's, it's, it's a hatch that opens up and you can lay your infant in there. And when that happens, an alarm goes off and a hospital official comes and takes away the baby. And the idea is they don't want, apparently there are a lot of babies abandoned in the country. And also they hope that this would deter parents from having abortions so that they know that they could just drop the baby off, no questions asked. But you know, they, they just launched it this past week. And there was a lot, of, a lot of, obviously, debate over is this a good thing or a bad thing. And in the first week, a father dropped off a three-year-old toddler.
0: What? Well, yeah. Yeah.
1: So and so, sad. and they, so, a lot of officials are like this. This no questions asked, zero accountability system. I mean, th- you can see the intentions behind it to give people this, you know, seemingly guilt free, w- you know, way of avoiding abandonment or abortion. But it's just, you know, wow, it's just such a, a, a strange situation. Yeah. Wow. So, so who won the debate? Oh well, I mean, it's still, it's still going. I know. I'm just trying to not an up note. <laughs> <Golly>. <laughs> it's a little heavy. <laughs> hey, there, Adam had a funny one. What's it the, the one about the uh, exercise?
4: That's oh, gold. Yeah, yeah. Goal, on a
3: lighter note. Yeah.
4: I thought you were going to say the one about the woman's mummified corpse. (laughs) (laughs) That's not really that light. No,
1: say uh, on a lighter note, literally.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so from the Department of the Glaringly Obvious and our tax dollars at work, there's been a new study by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and U.S. National Institute of Health that Mm suggests that... Exercising may help improve fitness.
1: <laughs> That's the result of the study. Okay, read the headline,
4: just the headline alone. Bit of exercise helps overweight women improve fitness. <laughs> study. As
2: opposed to overweight men. Yeah. yeah. It's like They okay. haven't done that study yet. Yeah.
1: You know, we really need to confirm this theory that exercise is going to help fitness. So let's do a well-funded study. Well, it's
2: just like they're trying to trick Americans. Like, please do something, even 10 minutes a day, you're killing yourself. Yeah,
4: Yeah. well, they are saying like 75 minutes a week uh, is enough to improve fitness levels in inactive, it says women, who are overweight. Evidently, men get a free ride. So it sounds like the point of this study is, men, if you're fat, that's socially acceptable, but women, not so much. I mean that's. All I thought I got. it was just a funny headline about
1: <laughs> <it>. <laughs> a really obvious headline. Like when is this news? Bit of fitness, a bit of exercise helps fitness. You know, Walking. new at eleven.
3: Walking yeah. helps you travel from one place to another. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we breathe air tonight at eleven.
3: <laughs> all right. Well, that will do it for slices. Up next, future of forestry. You're listening to Norma Jean. The song is called "Song Sound Much Sadder," and it's the featured video this week over at Relevant TV. You know why it's a featured video? Anybody? Anybody? Core. The the kids who post on the uh, the comment board at Relevant TV uh, love
1: the hardcore. Can so. I say that Face the Melters. Neon Horse video and song yeah. is one of the coolest we've ever played? Yep. I agree. And the whole thing behind the band that no one knows who they are. Well. They're just uh they they won't they no no one has identified their true identities, but they are known um, how about this? We one of them is an author of ours. Is it is it for sure senior, Mark Solomon?
3: It's Mark Solomon. Okay, I had like I know Mark Solomon, I recognize Mark
1: Solomon. It's Mark Solomon. That's what the that's what I've read that most people think it is, but he no one's confirmed it. There's a group playing on
3: Relevant TV uh, this week uh, called Neon Horse and it's this secretive super group of all these old Christian rock rockers mm-hmm. and stuff that they won't, but they won't reveal their identities. And, and so, yeah, even the label and everybody's being real secretive. But I mean, you watch the thing and it's like, it sounds like Mark Solomon. It looks like Mark Solomon.
1: It's a great song. It is so catchy. It's been in my head ever since yesterday when I was writing, doing little write-ups for it. Yeah, it's really cool. And uh, you guys
3: will hear it uh, coming up in, in the next break. We'll play it. Okay, so last week, as we told you, uh, as part of the onslaught of band performances, we're going to play you our favorites over the next few weeks. One group that you definitely need to know about is Future of Forestry and we're going to play their live set this this week. They have a new album out on Credential Recordings called Twilight. They're out touring all summer. Uh, you can catch them at a ton of festivals. Their website is futureofforestry.com. Check them out, and without any further ado, here is Future of Forestry.
5: Hey, we're Future of Forestry from San Diego, California and we're here in Orlando, Florida hanging with the cool guys and gals at Relevant and uh, we're going to play a couple songs for you. This one's called Open Wide.
0: Fell heart upon you, heart upon you now And in the end you know that you've been found You found
5: The song is called Gazing.
0: From this blessed morning, my love constant has been pouring, pouring out like rivers to your heart. Glory bells are ringing I can't keep myself From singing Singing out Like rivers to your heart Oh Lord I have found my place In this home This home inside of you And here my I can see your face in this home, this home. crawling, and you saw my tears were falling, falling down, like rivers to your heart, and when my world was folding, God you saw my prayers were flowing, flowing out, like rivers to your heart. home this home inside of you and here my life i can see your face in this home
5: to do a song for you that uh, was written out of a super dark and and pretty horrible uh time in my life um i had experienced a divorce that pretty much left me um completely just devastated and lost and just wondering and asking the question about love like what is love and 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 the core question really for me was because does god love me and um and so I really had to discover that and there was so much chaos going on in my life that, um, I took a trip up to the Redwood Forest where there's these trees. They're like 30, 40 foot wide trees. So majestic, so beautiful. It's like another world. And, um, and I went there basically just to kind of meet God. Um, and, and I went and I, and I found a tree there that was so, Just intensely big and majestic that, um, it was just like God's presence was with that tree or something. And I put my hand on that tree. And, um, I kind of heard this, just this, this whisper and this message from God. And I'm not sure exactly what it said, but it was about renewal. It was about, um, it was about time, you know, passing. And this tree had been there for thousands and thousands of years, like ever since Jesus was walking the earth. This tree existed and was sitting there through time. And um, there was like it was as if this tree had this wisdom or this understanding about life that I didn't have. And when I laid my hand on that tree, I felt God just reassuring me of His renewing presence and His love. And uh, in a frail time, in a dark time of my life, uh, this is the song that came out of that experience. It's called "Speak to Me Gently."
0: Sadness and rhyme use all the times These are the memories And we find a way Pushing through the day So speak to me gently Can you just feel the time falling from the sun place new can you just feel the sign? Love waits for you, love waits for you. Searching the stars In desperate hours Bound to find meaning And God shows a face In this desolate place And tenderness meets me Can you just feel The time so no.
5: Thanks.
3: You're listening to Neon Horse. The song is Cuckoo or Cuckoo, depending
4: on how you pronounce it. (laughs) I believe everyone pronounces it Cuckoo. Okay. Well, it's spelled like Cuckoo. C-U-C-K-O-O.
3: So, uh, Neon Horse with Cuckoo, and it's... I, I, my theory, my personal opinion, not the opinion of Relevant Magazine or anybody associated with Relevant Magazine, my personal opinion is that it's Mark Solomon singing the song Cuckoo. <laughs> <laughs> but who sings Cuckoo? For Cocoa
2: Puffs. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that would be uh, Gavin McGraw.
4: Oh, okay. Yeah
3: there you go it's, right, it's playing right now over at Relevant TV hey and if anybody can find any substantiated reports or actual information of who's in the band we actually would be interested to uh,
4: yeah or to like Mark out. Salmon if you're listening
3: yeah, yeah, yeah we Mark, could man. just email yeah, him he, because he's going to be thrilled about yeah. us doing this well I'm yeah.
4: saying like if, if if you feel like you know you're ready to reveal your identity and you want to do it on the Relevant podcast Ooh. we'd be happy to we'd like be happy that. to accommodate
3: you Yeah, so it's just my opinion as Mark. I may be wrong, but if not, the person looks
4: a lot like Mark. We we could get them to play the podcast and then reveal their identity, whether they're willing or not, you know, when they show up and have to introduce themselves to us. No, they don't. They could just call themselves
3: bizarre names, you know.
4: And show up in masks. But we could steal their wallets. Ooh, there you go.
3: Okay, your feedback. Okay, so we asked you three things uh, last podcast, if you remember back with us. Let's go back in the Wayback Machine. Ready? Go. Uh, we, <laughs> we asked you to send in your photo booth pictures, uh, and, and I posted them. Anybody see that? I posted them. I actually did what I said I was going to do. I posted the photo booth pictures over at the podcast stuff page, so go, so go there and check it out uh we also asked you for relevant games ideas uh the irony being that little did we know at the time that the that the next episode of The Office they would also be doing relevant games Mm -hmm. and um And they use the term funtivities, and I like that. I I got some ideas. I got some ideas. All I can say is the sumo wrestling outfit has got to show up at that.
1: My name (laughs) is Andy Bernard, and I am with a group called Dunder Mifflin.
3: (laughs) And then the lights go
1: in. She's like, I'm sorry, Andy, I don't understand. And he's like, See what I'm doing. Go tell someone it.
0: Spear
3: <laughs> gold. Here's the thing that's so evil about her. Um, mm. He had no control over what happened with that samurai suit. He could have flipped over and died. Yeah. And, yeah. and it would have been on her. Yeah. She actually, in a court of law, would have been negligent. Mm hmm. In my opinion, yeah. well, did you see the finale of Seinfeld?
4: That's right, they went to jail because of the Good Samaritan laws. Yes. Yeah.
3: so and those stand and are strictly enforced in every state. <laughs>
4: so. Angela is a horrible, horrible person. She really is, and she's the Christian. Yeah. Although,
3: have you yeah. noticed that they haven't mentioned they that haven't in played two it up very much at all. Yeah, I think that they decided to take her not being a prude, but being just mean. Yeah,
1: and, I think they've developed her character beyond just the weird Christian, yeah, you know what right. I mean? And they've actually made her weird Angela, you know
3: what I mean? Yeah. yeah, weird Angela who's sleeping with Dwight. And wears
4: doll clothes.
2: Well, they did make that <laughs> distinction that they um, they asked somebody about that. Um, oh, maybe it was in an, in an interview with the cast members. Uh, I think it was an interview with Dwight. He, I think he said that um, he guessed that Angela and Dwight, they'd be the types to do everything but. Yeah. That's what he said.
4: But when they were at the conference or whatever. Yep. She Jim was waiting in his room. Naked. No, in lingerie. Yeah.
3: Do we oh. know it was lingerie? Yeah. All you saw were her legs. She was wearing lingerie. She's not the type who'd be there naked.
1: And that one time when when Michael's having like the guys meeting down in the warehouse, and they're all talking about you know, they're like, yeah, and then she expects you to take her to church in the morning. It's like gas ain't free. (laughs) It's like this weird (laughs) awkward
3: pause. So they imply that they sleep over regularly, Mm. and you know that they're comfortable enough that she decides to surprise him at a business trip by being in the bed. And yikes! Yeah, yeah. yeah. good testimony reflecting there on our faith there, Angela. Yeah, yeah well, a lot.
4: not to mention the fact that she is almost entirely evil. Yeah, yeah well,
1: I, I saw well, her. That's, I mean, any church has those people. That's true. I, I saw her on um, that improv show. Thank yeah. God you're here on NBC and Tuesday she, nights at nine.
0: Yeah, <laughs> be there. Must yeah. see.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> i gotta say she was the most unfunny one on there Aww. and the show isn't it funny. seems like the actors that they have aren't natural improv actors and so a some lot of them. Of it is re- some yeah, of them are. some of them are yeah like i felt like tom green was weird but funny and i felt like jason alexander
3: not so, not so funny yeah but the guy who's the host of the soup funny
1: I thought he was. Really there was funny. a couple he's other. Funny. It, yeah, it was like the lesser known. It wasn't like sitcom actors. It were people who you could tell <laughs> had you know, like Fred Willard was hilarious. Oh man,
4: Fred <laughs> okay. Willard is so great.
3: Honestly, and I hate this guy. No, I don't hate this guy. I strongly dislike this guy as an actor. Okay, but you know the guy who starred in um, Rocket Man or whatever. Yeah, from yeah, Disney? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, we we I can't about remember his name. Week, he's a weird face. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, he was on it and was uproariously funny
2: he's a funny guy yeah
1: i've seen him on conan a couple times and so funny and his stand-up is really funny so why is he so bad in movies and stuff
4: he just got put in some horrible movies yeah i feel like he was funny in uh something about mary when he's the hitchhiker that uh oh, right. ben stiller picks mm-hmm. up the crazy hitchhiker oh yeah
3: yeah, he was he was really really good. Yeah. He was so good that he was messing up the the pros. Like he was messing <laughs> them up because he, you know, normally they would like put you in a situation and they feed you lines so you could be funny. He would then like walk off the set or grab something off the wall. Like they'd say
1: like, "So tell me about the trip to da, da da da."
3: And he'd just go over and start doing crap and throw them totally
1: off and he didn't, you know, they couldn't recover. It was hilarious. See, that's the I feel like the weakness of the show. It's not set up for good improv. Actors, it's set up mm. for people. Just they're soft tossing it to him because yeah. same thing happened with Fred Willard. Like they would bait him with something like, "Oh, it says here on the menu that you're an expert in sholala." You know, you know what, what does that mean? And like before he could like, because Fred Willard, like in all the Christopher Guest movies, he'll go into like these elaborate, crazy, weird stories. You know, but before he could get into it, they would throw him the next line, and it was like he's not a one line kind of guy. Yeah. yeah, what
3: the show is is a personification of Mad Libs. Basically, they're doing the narrative, and then they feed you the blank, and you get the zinger, and then they keep going with the narrative.
4: Yeah, but the problem is that you can say any kind of non sequitur thing you want, Mm -hmm. and it it kind of camouflages itself as funny. Mm -hmm. But it's not really funny. Non sequitur humor is only funny when there's some kind of very bizarre connection to something in reality Mm -hmm. somewhere. Yeah,
1: some context
4: to it. Just some random funny word. Doesn't make something funny. Poop, poo. poop. Yeah. yeah. By the way, the guy's name <laughs> is, that is uh you? <laughs> <laughs> the the guy's name by the way is Harlan Williams. Yeah, Harlan. Harlan Williams.
3: And, and I believe he won the episode I watched. And I was shocked because there were some bigger name people there. You know. And and, and when they're announcing it, you're like, I'm looking forward to seeing two of these four people. Oh gosh, that guy's on it. Mm-hmm. And he was the one that was the best. By far.
1: Yeah. Like I said, the traditional actors are just not really that funny. Like, the Angela was just painful and boring. Oh. You know? See, I would want to see someone who's like a real loose cannon. Like, put Andy Dick
4: on there. You know? Oh. And just let, oh. just let it happen. Good night. Not Andy Dick. Anything but. <laughs>
2: Didn't he recently do something bad?
4: Yeah. Um, Got thrown yeah. out of a nightclub. Uh-huh tried to go back. He was on also a photographed taking cocaine, like snorting cocaine outside the nightclub. Isn't like, this the Lally. guy
2: who was a Christian? This,
4: Andy Dick. He cleaned
3: up his life a couple years ago and started going to the Oasis Church in L.A. Yeah, where several of our friends go. Got very involved. It's going to Bible study. He was there every week. Oh, that's too bad. And so when you hear news like like that, that's sad. You know, he's he battles with a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, he's struggling with a lot of stuff.
1: And, Adam, I know his humor isn't, you, you don't like it, but I thought his shows that he had on MTV, the the Andy Dick show, was hilarious. Is that where the people were competing to become his intern? No, that was um, the assistant or something. And he, was, he would make mm-hmm. them go out and cut the grass with scissors. <laughs> <laughs> they, like, they got there, and he was beyond mean. Like, he had them all staying in his garage on these little tiny cots. But it was so, like, there was one episode where it was like, He made them like break up with a girlfriend, was one of his assignments. He took them camping, and and he was like doing like a survivor thing with torches. And he like goes over and accidentally sets the tent on fire, but blames them for it. It was so funny.
2: So you're saying we shouldn't do this with our interns this summer? (laughs) I've got to rewrite my plans. We have
3: a small little (laughs) lawn out front. I thought it'd be the most cost effective way to cut the grass
1: (laughs) with office scissors, we already own. And Very interns.
3: dull interns who we already own.
4: <laughs> oh <laughs> man! You know, you know
3: what? It's funny is that we have always, from day one, had a really good internship program. What's unique about our interns uh, internships is that small company. We have a lot of things happening. We throw them right in there, and they're making the media with us. They're writing or they're designing or you know they they come out with a lot of experience. A lot of internships, and what I always felt differentiated us from inter- those internships was that. The other internships, you would just do nothing, nothing work, or get coffee, Mm -hmm. or just you know whatever. And I have noticed on the message boards and stuff since the one time we asked on the podcast an intern to go get frosties for us, and then we bought her one as well. That has created an impression that that's what our interns do. Aww. Just basically our whims and non nothing sure. work and stuff, and and like people are like you know somebody will post like genuinely like hey I'm really interested in interning with you guys. What is it that you know you would do and da da da? And people will post like well you get frosties and not much else. Uh, <laughs> no. I kind of like that. I'm like yeah. Actually, that's Have you not actually
4: true. done the internship? That's a pretty wild assumption to jump to. Well, it's not really because think about how much we have told people jail. about it it's yeah internships. but it's one thing you're basing your entire impression on one isolated incident as a former intern
2: and
1: i can say <laughs> it's true that i got a lot of experience <laughs> i mean it's probably pretty obvious but i mean even before when when i first got stuff published and i was just a college student i thought it was just the coolest thing ever it you was. know
3: all right we need to do the feedback yeah so, we probably should okay anyway that.
1: the games we asked
3: you about games you guys sent in a lot of really good games however i'm not going to read them because we're going to use them and then after we do them we will tell you about them so there's a lot of steps in that sentence
4: yeah all uh, i can say is if any of you sent in games about eating gross stuff and i am actually made to do that i will hunt you down somebody recommended eating 811 hot dogs that
3: I'm okay with. <laughs> oh, Anyway, that was the office. Um, the last thing that we asked you was for your favorite or worst birthday memories. So um, without any further ado, here are your favorite and least favorite birthday memories.
2: Liesl Smith says, On my eighth birthday, my dad was driving me to my grandparents' house for my birthday. We were probably going about 40 miles an hour up a hill when the door fell open and I fell out of the car and scraped my head. And if that wasn't bad enough, the only thing we had in the car were my sister's diaper, so I had to wear a diaper on my head to stop the bleeding. (laughs) So not only did my brothers make fun of me all day, but I lost a patch of hair and had to get concrete washed out of my scalp.
4: Okay, Your brothers made fun of you after you fell out of a moving vehicle (laughs) and lived. Like I would think that they would be so relieved. Or in
2: awe of your superpowers. Yeah,
4: seriously.
1: And I gotta think, okay... There's nothing else in the car. No one. There's not like an extra. There's not a rag or like a shirt or, or a like a sweatshirt or something. Uh, better go with the diaper on the yeah. head. <laughs> I think not <laughs> like she this an is astronaut? <laughs> oh. sorry.
0: That
2: was a good too uh,
4: soon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Audrey Messer Smith. Uh, the The birthday stories are bad here. are Are so appallingly bad that I'm surprised these people are functioning members of society. Okay. Audrey says that uh, she has a twin brother, and uh, that that only means that their mother humiliated them as children. She had a double-harnessed leash for them, like dogs. And everything they wore matched. So one particular birthday, when they were turning 10 or 11, uh, her parents took them to Steak and Shake, which, as she points out, is not... Or steak and ale. I'm sorry, which, as she points out, is not my idea of a kid friendly place. <laughs>
1: and anything uh, with ale in the name probably isn't. You shouldn't take children there, right?
4: And they had one of these over eager waiters who's like really way too excited about their job, and he's getting them all pumped about dessert, ice cream, and cake. You know, all excited that he has a birthday table. Uh, then when it's finally time for dessert, this waiter says that they can't have it unless they get on top of the table and sing happy birthday to each other. So her, her brother, being more outgoing, gets up right away and does it, but it took her about 15 minutes before she could finally do it because her brother's sitting there eating ice cream, you know, taunting her with it. And to make everything worse, they're wearing identical green sweaters with hot air balloons on them. And she ends it with, thanks, Mom. Man, Audrey... I, I was, don't.
1: Yeah, surprise you that uh, some sort of complex. After yeah. a are you okay? Well,
4: Honestly, Audrey, are you okay?
3: Speaking of complexes, Jenny Manglos, she, um, she, she says the worst birthday she ever had was her sixteenth birthday party because no one showed up. Oh. She said, "I." She said, "I thought that stuff only happened on TV." She mm-hmm. says, "I was having some issues with friends at the time, but couldn't imagine not Apparently. having my sixteenth birthday party." It was that faithful night came, and it was just her, her parents, and a lot of M and M's. Time dragged on, and I eventually realized no one was coming. My parents called my high school youth leader over, and we all went out to Fridays. <laughs>
0: oh. Oh. Okay, well,
3: let me interject here for a second. The um, Uh, I've I've forgotten to uh, read food updates. Uh, So we got a letter here from Aaron, and basically (laughs) there's this nice little printout, uh, it says, Congratulations to the relevant podcast crew. You've been selected as this month's cookie contest winner.
0: Aww. Please
3: enjoy these delicious cookies made by the Grimes girls, especially for you. Love times three, Aaron, Heather, and Kelsey. <laughs> and she wrote a note. I mean, it's like literally like a designed, printed out, full color yeah. thing that they sent us. Like it's an actual cookie contest.
4: Yeah. I entered several times.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Basically, the requirements to win are as follows. We need to know you or think that we deserve cookies and we need your address. So they had, they, I guess, you know, they had our address, so I guess they feel, because of the podcast, they know us. So it's really nice yeah. of them to yeah. uh, send, send uh, cookies to yeah. us. I feel because
4: of the cookies that I know them.
3: That is true. So thank you, Erin, Heather, and Kelsey, but particularly Erin, because she wrote the note. Uh, <laughs> the Grimes girls. Yeah. I like to call them Grimesy. Lo-
4: love times three to you. Mm-hmm. Grimesy and Woolsey.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Frith Hughes, this is a sad, sad story. From her ninth or tenth birthday, she—admittedly, she, she said she had a, a really bad temper as a child. But when her parents spent sixty dollars on a fingernail fun set, mm-hmm. things really got got out of hand. The plasticky fingernails were too small, and the double-sided tape provided didn't make them stick to her fingernails. Mm-hmm. The glitter got was messy and got everywhere, and she was really just angry that the fingernail fun set—that was her only birthday present wasn't working out so she put, them, she put them back into the case put them on the ground and jumped on it over and over again shattering all the nails to tiny pieces. Oh. Now obviously you know she's a child but her parents were furious at this and so they made her call all of her friends who were going to come over later that day to her party apologize and say that the party has been cancelled because of her temper and she said that she could tell most of her friends um we're a little bummed they weren't going to a party, but we're kind of excited because they got to keep the presents they were giving. <laughs> oh. Now, oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Frith. I don't know your parents and I, I hope everything turned out all right. But you know, I'm sure you learned a lesson, but still <laughs> at what cost? This is awful. <laughs> oh, That's wow. really sad. Well, <laughs> but at, at some point you, you, you think the parents are going to be like alright call your friend apologize and tell him the party's off and keep the presents you know and you're like you're expecting any moment you're going to be dialing real slow <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're just kidding <laughs>
4: One more number. Lesson learned. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. No, she actually had to do that. Wow.
4: Um, <laughs> then she was not allowed to have another birthday party for the next decade. <laughs> yeah. Her parents were, uh, they were hard noses. Um, this is pretty the horrible. the rod, you know? Yeah. This is pretty horrible. Not that horrible. But uh, Rob Duford says that uh, his worst birthday experience also came on his 16th birthday. Um. And they, his parents had made a rule with him that he could start dating on his 16th birthday. And it was also the day that he got a sweet 1981 Chevette, right? So, um, he, uh, he decides he's, he's going to take this girl out. And so, the night's going great. They're, they had dinner. They go to some movie. And then, you know, it's like, we're 16. We want to make out. You know, this is what 16-year-olds do. Dude, I'm 31 and I want to make out. Yeah, who doesn't want to make out? I'm 30 freaking one,
1: dude. He was 16. If somebody said, that dude's 31, I'd be like, that dude's freaking old. That's what I'd think, too. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'll be honest, I'm a long
1: ways off. (laughs) And I'm loving every youthful day of it.
4: You're so (laughs) fresh-faced. Vibrant. Footloose um, and fancy free. Mm-hmm. The weight of the world hasn't crushed you yet. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm not completely cynical yet. Yeah.
4: So, anyway, they, they, uh, didn't you go to Christian college? <laughs> <laughs> So they're looking for a place to make out, and they figure, you know, find some place secluded. They've never done this before, so. And he's sixteen. He's sixteen. Here's what I don't get. Well, he's never parked before. Okay. It's the first time he could drive, and it's the first time his parents so let him. So they have
3: date. made out before, just not in a car.
4: I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to jump to conclusions about Rob. You know. I know Rob. Well, you? You are, you're free locally. to jump
3: to conclusions. So uh, so everybody listening to this story, listen to it in the context of
1: this man is now pastoring yeah, people. he now oh, leads no. people in yeah. their spiritual journeys. So yeah. continue, Adam. <laughs>
4: okay, so uh, they they try and find a, a secluded spot. Laying on of hands. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. Where
1: they're speaking in, in tongues. Tongue? No. And all? No. I don't know who's heard that before.
4: <laughs> So anyway, they uh, what better secluded spot than a cemetery? So uh, they go and they That's park creepy. in this cemetery. Oh, and how exactly.
1: About, how about anywhere? What a cemetery. Yeah. And well, a cemetery aren't
3: there a host of many witnesses or
4: something. What there's a great cloud of witnesses.
1: <laughs> there you go. Um, you don't go there to
3: make out. Well, <laughs> a pastor they should know they that. evidently didn't
4: have that eschatology in mind. <laughs> they perhaps had a, a better grasp on systematic theology. So they uh, they go to the cemetery, and as you said. Who wants to make out in a cemetery? So after about five minutes of awkwardly kissing, uh, they see the light of a car and then they get spooked. You, you know, they know? are in a cemetery. They're in a cemetery. That's what happens. And so Rob panics. He throws the car in reverse and he hears a, his bumper hit something and he rolls over something. Turns out... Dead body? Zombie. <laughs> not not a zombie, which would have been a service to society mm-hmm. because if there's one thing people hate, it's zombies.
2: Is this Rob Zombie? Oh, oh, oh. Hey. I, know, I
4: know Rob Zombie. <laughs> yeah. And he was a pastor. Yeah. So um he gets out he it wasn't. turns out it's he he actually puts it some grandmother's tombstone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Some well, dead yeah. lady.
4: <laughs> yeah. So he gets back in the car, rolls over it again on his way, peeling out of the cemetery, and drops his date off. While on the radio, Cher is singing, "If I Could Turn Back
2: Time." Oh, yeah. that's appropriate. Very. I appropriate. mean,
1: whose birthday hasn't ended with them desecrating a gravesite? <laughs> you know, I mean, who hasn't been there? That's basically several every years every, of every I had every in my birthday teens ended had. that way. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and and singing. Uh, shares, if you could turn back time. Yeah, I, I went on the radio. I just like to sing it at the end.
4: Yeah, yeah, we would. I remember we would always <laughs> eat the cake, and then my dad would say, Now let's go show blatant, disrespect for wait, the wait, dad. Wait,
3: wait, wait. Every time you made out, you had cake, and your dad was there? <laughs> your dad was there. I understand.
4: <laughs> I'm talking about birthdays in oh, general. Every birthday. But yes.
1: <laughs> but yes
4: to both. <laughs> I had <have> not childhood. <laughs> A lot of flames, graves involved. What does shares, if
3: I could turn back time, sound like? I forget.
4: If I could turn back time, <laughs> if I could something live...
2: That's Aaron Neville.
1: Uh, Jennifer Hennessy has maybe the most bizarre... Did she send in some of her family's delicious cognac? <laughs> <laughs> um, if she has, I haven't seen it, so
4: I'll check Did behind she Adam's in? desk.
1: Hennessy, if you want to <laughs> send in stuff, send in some that's snacks. A,
4: that's a tribute to my secret drinking.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> well... She said that her 28th birthday was completely unforgettable because she was accused of being a spy. Um, Haven't we all? (laughs) Yeah. And then desecrated some graves Um, (laughs) while making out. While training for the ministry. So all in all, it was a great birthday. Yeah. So, she's studying abroad uh, for a grad school program. I studied program. abroad Wait, Yeah, I was
3: going to say.
2: <laughs> Speaking of <thank> wow. you <laughs>
1: Buzzing. Okay, but she's in a... <laughs> she had a little bit of her family's <laughs> juice. Sorry. So, she's in a, a South American country that will remain unnamed. Um, Which one? <laughs> <laughs> for reasons that are pretty... I don't know if they're Starts still... with the well, yes, Venezuela.
3: Yes. The- okay,
2: so <laughs> that's we're, all we're saying. We're
3: talking uh, spies are still an issue in this South American country. Yes, so it probably has to be a leader who hates America. So I am thinking, honing in it on Chavez. Be. It could be.
1: Here's here's the details. On her birthday, the president of the country accused herself and the other students on the trip of being spies. He became adamant that the U.S. had sent students into his country as operatives for a mission called, wait for it, Operation Santa Claus. That and is easily the lamest
4: mission
3: name I've ever heard. He, he Adam, had, if you ever made a candy, I would want you to call it Adamant. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Try new Adamant. I thought you were going to say we're, Operation Santa we're Claus. Very, uh, we're very refreshing, very emphatic about its wonderful flavor. <laughs> <laughs> and so. <laughs> emphatically fresh. That's what the little tagline would the Adam do. Mint? Adam yeah. Mint. Adam Mint. <laughs> Someone design a package for Adam Mint, please. And it has to say emphatically fresh below it. Craft Spelled correctly.
1: <laughs> With your little head on the wrapper, but be stern looking. Yeah, oh, I have emphatic. to look angry and yeah. stern.
4: Adamant. I'm adamant.
1: <laughs> yeah. <physically> fresh. <clears throat> now, yeah. I want you to be as adamant as a president who's afraid that there are spies in his country posing as grad students. Um, so this this president that had all of the names of the students and the ages and where they were from printed in the newspapers across the country. He even accused them of doing sniper training and playing war games in the four-star ho- hotel they were staying in. Well, they were.
4: <laughs> you know, they were just playing freeze tag.
1: <laughs> it all ended up okay in the end because the student she was with um, got her a three-man mari- mariachi band for her birthday. She
2: While they were in jail.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know how this one ended,
4: uh, with the spy stuff. She is still in Guantanamo.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She's at Gitmo. (laughs)
3: Wait, so a mariachi band. So where are mariachi bands natively from? Maybe that'll tell us the location. Well, we have mariachi bands here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they're
3: indigenous. She actually just went down to San Diego. What? Oh. All right, well, hey, I have another snack update. We've got a lot this week. Okay, snack update. Anybody want to guess where it's from? Any guesses?
2: Djibouti.
4: (laughs) Somewhere in between the moon and New York City.
3: Kazakhstan. No, okay. (laughs) This one is coming from London, UK. Hmm. Uh, Hello,
2: Governor.
1: (laughs) Did you send us some biscuits?
4: Some Tate and biscuits. That was appalling.
3: It's from Corey and Sarah Shields. Um, it says, uh, dear podcast crew, my wife and I wanted to send you some of our favorite snacks from the UK. We are Americans. Oh. We, <laughs> we are Americans who happen to be living over here in London. As we-
2: spies, no doubt.
4: <laughs>
3: With Operation Santa Claus. <laughs> or as they
4: call them over here, St. Nick.
3: We are big fans of your podcast. Not big size-wise, of course.
2: They said that? Yes. Oh, that's awesome.
3: Well played. Corey and or sarah whoever wrote it um p.s we quite enjoyed your english jokes two podcasts ago p.s.s these cadbury cream candy bars are sold here all year round they sent us cadbury egg or cadbury cream egg
4: candy bars mm. so they look delicious
2: it all goes so, down the same way yeah
4: all the goodness of a cadbury egg in rectangular form yeah in <laughs> shippable format yeah. Yeah. with pointy edges
3: so thank you very much, Corey and Sarah Shields. See, um, the,
4: that's but, the thing Brooke I like about hi. Cadbury Egg. <laughs> wah, wah. But that's the thing I liked about Cadbury Eggs is it's one of the few candies you can't poke your eye out with, and the uh, the the bar form, it's got those dangerous corners. Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! Hold on. You
3: think of a Cadbury egg was shot at point-blank range at your face with, like, a grenade launcher. You don't think it would put your eye
4: out? I think it would drill all the way through your skull. But I don't see that happening. I'm talking about I'm eating a candy bar, you know, and I'm going in for a bite. Oh, no! That hasn't happened to you guys? Not today. Well, just pray it never does.
3: That's why I only eat round shaped <laughs> fruit for <laughs> yeah. food. No, banana no bananas here. for me. <laughs> <laughs> I have eaten an entire pack of some of the Saipan candy and it's all foreign letters and I don't know what I've eaten.
1: <laughs> I had But it's a-
4: delicious. It is essentially it's hooves, purple. Hooves and artificial flavor.
1: Oh. <laughs> it's
4: it's grape flavored.
3: Oh an English distribution label on the back, high-chew candy. It's, it's. She described it, the Saipan lady, as uh, as being
4: like starburst but chewier, and they are. Mm-hmm. Is it anything like Laffy Taffy? No. Oh. Well, I had a piece, and I thought it was gum at first,
1: and it wasn't, because it dissolved almost immediately. <laughs> I began to chew it. I
2: started panicking. What? Oh, man, come on.
1: <laughs> I got a bad piece. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know how to chew gum inside. <laughs>
4: <laughs> they just can't commit to things. Yeah. <laughs> like I want to chew gum, but only for a second.
3: No, no, it's not a second. Actually it is like chewing gum, but it lasts for about thirty or forty five seconds yeah. before it goes away. It's just yeah. like
2: American gum, except all you're left is with with rubber with American yeah. gum.
3: So basically this they've innovated high chew. That the flavor doesn't go away. The actual candy goes yeah. away before the flavor it's does. It's the way it should be. It is the way it should be.
2: Carefunk Funk from the message boards has a creative idea for a birthday. Uh, he said, two days after Care's birthday, my wife turned the big three Three weeks prior, I emailed as many folks as I could think of, put an announcement in two different church newsletters, complete with a fake newsletter for my wife, and I solicited...
3: Wait, two different church newsletters? Do, do the people in both churches know them?
2: Well, it's probably two consecutive weeks, maybe. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> yeah. And I solicited the relevant boards for birthday cards to be sent to my wife. Over the course of three weeks, over 150 cards were sent to my church address. On the day of her birthday, I planted the cards around the house, a la Easter egg hunt style, and she had to find them. That was on Monday. It's now Wednesday, and she's still opening cards. She says I done good.
4: That is it's good. a cute idea. Well done, Who's, careful. Yeah. Yeah very thoughtful. I
2: wonder if, if he got sent any snacks.
3: Speaking of which, we have one more package here. Where's this, this one from? I was just going to ask you guys any guesses. Going once, going twice. Hmm. Antarctica. No. The deep south. They didn't, um, it didn't have dry <laughs> ice. A,
2: a, uh
4: They don't have mail. An era in the past. They have mail. They just don't know how to use it. Was it sent to us from the mid-1800s <laughs> via a steam-powered time machine? <laughs> no
2: time cheer uh, well,
4: this
3: one comes from well I'm fresh out of guesses this one comes from Russia this one comes from Russia so, so from kind Russia, of like
2: the 1800s
3: the <laughs> 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 at least their plumbing is um I hope you fully recovered, uh, Cameron, Kara, Adam, and Jesse, after your taste taste testing of those nasty tar lines oh. from Finland.
2: Thank you for the concern. <laughs> I like
3: never to think recovered.
1: that we're, we're creating some sort of international rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what the Finnish got. Check out the <laughs> motherland, Russia. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: I, I think this guy's American because he doesn't have any weird characters in his handwriting.
1: Any backwards K's?
3: <laughs> no. <laughs> to reverse that bad experience, I've sent you a candy bar from Russia. Mm. I went to Russia there, Here you go I went to Russia To work with orphans um, And brought back A few extra chocolate bars Wait like From the
2: orphan? orphans
3: <laughs> It's pretty darn tasty Hazelnut flavored While I have no idea What the wrapper says I can assure you It's better than Pancreas Twisting Cadbury eggs Hopefully it didn't Melt in transit Uh, But even if it does, you still must eat it. Enjoy (laughs) this delicacy for relevant. Man, this guy's pushy.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, he steals candy bars from orphans, so.
3: (laughs) And it's lovingly signed. Um, I'm just adding the lovingly because I'm assuming it's lovingly signed. It is from Russia. Dan Holler. That's true. Uh, P.S. In case you decide to mention my name on the podcast, which I just did, it's pronounced Holler, like the name How. Okay, like the name How plus Er. Howler. Like howler
4: monkey?
2: That would have been helpful up front.
3: Yeah, a dictionary. They put this stuff at the front of the emails and letters, and on the back. Uh, thanks, you. Uh, thanks, and hope you find the golden ticket. Uh, he sent us a, a chocolate oh, bar. It's like a flavored. Willy Wonka bar. It's mm-hmm. gold encrusted and large, like
4: like a Willy Wonka bar mm-hmm. right from the hands of work. <laughs> yeah, their their tiny fingerprints are still embedded <laughs> in the chocolate. Oh. Delicious. You gotta admire their spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it sweeter. Oh, that's
0: sick. That is sick. What are you talking
3: about? It's been washed in tears.
0: <laughs>
4: hey, kid.
3: <laughs> hey, kid, I got this podcast.
0: <laughs>
4: under the ingredients, it says broken dreams and sorrow. <laughs> and chocolate. <laughs> and delicious, delicious chocolate. Not that shall never touch your lips, orphan. <laughs> oh.
2: I wonder if they have the trans fat regulations.
3: <laughs>
4: yeah
2: you really do have to
4: wonder
3: this guy's over there with the orphans yet he's hoarding his own chocolate bars so, yeah. I mean, why
4: not give them to the orphans to the you're orphans. there to serve well then again you want I mean you want them to eat healthy yeah. you
3: know what <coughs> child would not want a chocolate bar come on it's true so I guess that'll do it for uh, your feedback we got a lot more but this one's running long so we got to move it along here so with this week's editorial
1: <laughs> <laughs> the new bodily segment? function noise <laughs> new segment today editorial <laughs> it's
2: from all snacks it's
1: so from all those whatever those gum. that wasn't a natural sound you know it's because you ate some sort of a whole, a whole pack of hooves yeah. you just <laughs> Cameron I think that actually is gum and you just Swallow consumed an entire of pack of gum you're gonna want to go to the hospital
2: <laughs>
4: <All right.
1: laughs> you just consumed a whole pack of Psypenese Cy, gum
2: <laughs> Maybe the lady is to be, a spy She's trying to kill yeah.
1: <laughs> That stuff's supposed to be tapered off over the course of several weeks this, <laughs> You just ate it one half says hour so
4: This <laughs> says warning not to be taken internally <laughs> <laughs> You're just
1: supposed to lick it <laughs> Yeah, wait, you didn't eat this? Did
4: you? Oh my gosh, the strawberry—it says the coloring in it is red cabbage. <laughs>
1: really? It's oh. like
3: healthy then. It's all natural, <laughs> made with hooves. <laughs> all natural
4: from horse parts. Yeah, arsenic is all natural too, but doesn't mean you should consume an entire pack of it in one sitting.
2: This is yeah. all spy candy. <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay,
3: so with this week. Bodily fun with this week's editorial question of the week.
2: Editorial question of the week. Hey. Where's the weirdest place you ever made out? Or for oh. the Christians oh. listening. No. Oh, no. Yes. oh no, it's so good. Yes. Or for the Christians listening. Where's the weirdest Held place you ever went on with a date or courted? <laughs> yeah,
4: there you go. Sat sat five feet apart on the couch while your parents watched from the next room. <laughs> if you're if you're a Joshua Harris type. <laughs> <laughs> Through through one of the many two-way mirrors in your house. Where's the oddest place you've ever kissed dating goodbye? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, At a youth retreat? (laughs) Oh, at a youth
1: retreat? (laughs) Unbelievable.
4: (laughs) Youth retreats are...
1: Pits of debauchery. <laughs> I don't, they like, they accomplish the opposite of what they're supposed to <laughs> Hey, kid, I'm going to bring all the high school
4: youth kids yeah. camping in the woods. Yeah. And I'm going to be the only adult around. <laughs> and I can only be one place at a time. I'm not very observant either. Be good. Love Jesus.
0: <laughs>
1: um, Children should never be taken on retreats. Are,
0: <laughs> but
3: <laughs> my concern is that these will be kind of one one line answers. It's kind of like oh,
4: but the, I mean, tell a little story with it. I yeah, think that there are interesting to good, tales. How about the most embarrassing time getting caught making out? But that could that very can, much limit our responses because not all that. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people haven't been caught making out in true. a very embarrassing situation. I think it's a great question because. It can also go into, you know, like Kara said, the oddest place you've ever gone on a date. That's a whole story. Mm-hmm. You know? That's true. Or the
1: oddest place you've ever wound up on a date. Yeah. yeah. It's not or like or you your weirdest date either. ever, you know, without calling out. So, what's a weird the question?
4: Date. <laughs> well, I
1: Anything think
2: Anything date or kissing related. How about your best <laughs> yeah.
1: date story? Or if you
3: kiss dating goodbye, your best um, hanging out in a group setting story. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I like it. Boys
4: on one side of the table, girls on the other. Looking opposite directions. <laughs> and yet longingly. Now, I think that there's going to be some good ones, especially with the whole oddest place you've ever found yourself on a date.
3: So uh, if you want to write in and answer one of the ten editorial questions of the week or ten variations of the editorial question of the week, write us at editorial at relevantmagazine.com or feedback at relevantmagazine.com. And also, don't forget to send in your wrapper designs for the Adam Mints, the (laughs) emphatically fresh Adam Mints.
2: And if you don't want us to identify you in the podcast, let us know. We we might give you a break this week.
4: Yeah, because, like, if you're married... Especially if you're you're a
2: pastor. (laughs) (laughs) Rob.
4: They're still pending litigation. (laughs) you're in a federal prison for spying (laughs) awaiting treason charges or stealing candy
1: from orphans
3: many thanks to Future of Forestry for coming by and performing for us it's an awesome set check them out at futureofforestry.com again their new album is called Twilight and it's on credential recordings you can pick it up at music stores nationwide
2: and that performance is in honor of Arbor Day (laughs)
3: <laughs> which was a month of g- month ago. Will yeah. you be a part of the future of forestry? <laughs>
4: Plant a tree today. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow, they got a celebrity actor to do their PSA. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure which one, though. John
4: Lithgow. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my catch-all weird guy voice. I stole it from my friend Justin. (laughs) It's Hannibal Lecter. Hello, Clarice. (laughs) I think it's more an old-timey 1940s newsreel talking guy.
3: Okay, so write us in. Uh, Go pick up... uh, Oh, there's a a couple quick housekeeping notes. There's a big uh, summer road trip sale going on at RelevantStore.com. Basically, it's all the stuff you need for a road trip. Your music, books... And magazines, so you can go over there. Uh, I think stuff's up to like 75% off, so it's uh, it's time to pick stuff up.
2: And speaking of road trips, uh, we actually have a contest going on right we now. We do. It's published in the May-June issue of Relevant, and basically we want to see a two-minute like montage highlight reel of your summer road trip. And you send it to us, and you can win a Garmin navigation device.
4: Yeah, so that the next road trip you take, you won't end mm-hmm. up... So incredibly lost and all those (laughs) horrible things won't happen to you.
2: (laughs) But won't make for a very good highlight reel. That's right.
3: Also, uh, right now at at the relevant website, you can click on the job section and there's actually a number of openings um, here on our team if you've ever wanted to... uh, you know, move to Florida and be part of what we're doing here.
2: One of uh, them is a frosty runner.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we uh, one of them in particular that, that just went up is actually an ad salesperson for our web properties, um, our websites, podcasts, video podcasts, all that kind of stuff. Some some neat online stuff that we have in motion. Uh, so we're looking for somebody who kind of has a passion for new media and uh, wants to help us take that to the next level. So uh, check that out. There's also stuff like uh, web designers and uh, web programmers and sounds like all web stuff. Um, we filled a couple jobs recently, so some are gone now, but uh, definitely check it out for the latest uh, additions to our job openings and make sure to tune in next week when we have, man, I don't know. We might do both. We might just have one, but we uh, we're going to debate between Derek Webb live performance or an interview with Sharon Cohen from International Justice Mission. We might do both, mm-hmm. and if we don't do both, we're going to do one the next week. But make sure to tune in; it's going to be really good uh, next week. So, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang.
2: I'm Kara Davis.
4: I'm Hugo Chavez. I'm Jesse Carey. We'll see you next week. <laughs>
0: Relevance
4: Podcast, anytime, anywhere. Will you be a part of the future of forestry? (laughs) Plant a tree today.